0: It's good to be with you guys. Thank you. One person said that, so I feel a lot better now. (laughs) Wow, thank you. All right. um, Would you grab your Bibles and go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? And we're going to start in verse 24. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. As you're turning there, Uh, I just want to remind you, if you've never had a chance to be with us on tomorrow night, I will be in the chapel, and we're doing how to become a prayer warrior. And we're just kind of going through every form of prayer in Scripture and trying to equip and empower people to do it and then also give them an opportunity to learn to do that in a group setting. So we have went through all the spiritual warfare and deliverance, and now we're working through healing. So if you're interested on how healing prayer works, becoming a prayer warrior, we're going to talk about how to pray for people, also how to pray for them from afar and see them get healed. So if you've never heard any of that stuff, please join us tomorrow night in the chapel at 7 o'clock. All right, so Marcus sent me a text. Marcus and I communicate. When I'm coming in, he says, here's what we'd like you to work on and talk with us about. And... Um, he, he kind of just put it this way, would you just come and share what the Lord's been telling you that's, that's going on in the body of Christ? And um, a lot of times when people ask me to do that, um, it kind of throws me off and I think, oh no, now I need to go pray and figure out what's going on. But lo and behold, I've been having this interesting conversation, probably like you guys have, with the Lord over the last several months. And it's been revolving around a theme. I'm going to share some things that the Lord has told me about the body of Christ and some stuff that he's talked to me about our country, but I want it to be wrapped around what we're going to look at here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. Now, if you've never had an overview on this concept of the kingdom, uh, please remember that when Jesus came, that one of the first things that he said was, uh, the time has come. Uh, The kingdom of God has come near, you repent, believe the good news. And so he didn't, when people think he preached the gospel, what he did is he actually came into regions and said, I'm a king and I'm taking over. It's kind of what his message was. And and I'm going to demonstrate my kingdom by breaking off oppression of people, which is deliverance and healing and miracles and raising people from the dead. So... In reality, he was announcing that he was bringing a new kingdom, or the kingdom of God, into the human existence. This is fulfillment of all kinds of Old Testament prophecies. But most people see that and they go, well, that's Jesus' ministry. He died on the cross to redeem us, but now that he's seated in heaven, what is he actually doing right now? Well, what's fascinating is he's still functioning as a king. Now, depending on your view of what it means for him to be a king, most people believe, and this comes out of ignorance or just wrong. We've never taught on it a lot, so there's a lot of background that you have to kind of explain to people. Jesus is not sitting by the right hand of his father, taking a nap, watching human history go by, and then saying, and then on this day, I'll show up and I'll deal with everything. He's very active in what's going on. So after he did his work, Provided redemption and was raised from the dead. When he got raised from the dead, it was fulfillment of these prophecies that are in the Psalms and in Isaiah about the idea of him being seated by his father, which is a place of power to be a king. And so Psalms 2 talks about his coronation, Psalms 110 talks about his activity, and what's interesting enough is Paul is now picking this up and he's saying, hey... Christ has been raised from the dead. He works through the theological concept of Christ being raised from the dead, and then he starts on this, but now that he's raised from the dead, what is he doing? What is Christ doing now that he's raised from the dead? And so look with me at verse 24 here. It says this. It's talking about Christ being the first fruit of being raised from the dead, and then it says, then comes the end, when he will hand over the kingdom to the God and Father, and then it tells us when this is going to happen. So do any of you like end time teaching or trying to figure out the signs of the time or projecting the day that Jesus is going to appear? Is there anyone in the room that likes that kind of stuff? Okay, so a couple people. Um, If you guys, I don't know if you knew this, but when it comes to end times teaching, there are big swaths of the body of Christ that just spend all their time focusing on this. There are Uh, end time prophecy conferences or Bible prophecy conferences and they don't teach on how to prophesy, they actually are trying to study the signs of the times and project when Jesus is going to appear. And you guys kind of know up to this point everyone's missed it. And the reason why they've missed it is because they keep looking for certain signs but they miss the overview of what Jesus says. He says he isn't going to come until he does something. And so he actually tells you right here. The end comes, he will hand over the kingdom to God and Father. And then it says this, when is he going to do it? When he has abolished all rule, all authority, and all power. He must reign until he has put his enemies under his feet. Okay, so you guys have probably heard this. A lot of people teach about the end of human history. It just gets really, really bad. Christians are persecuted, everybody's taken out in the square, your heads are chopped off, the Antichrist is doing all the stuff he's doing, Jesus is sitting back and watching this, and then in a moment he shows up in a cataclysmic event and says, enough, and then he goes back to Jerusalem and he, he abolishes and destroys all the power of the, every ruler, every king, everyone that's not in subjection to him, he deals with it all, and then the end has come. But this passage doesn't say that. This passage says he's actively reigning right now until he brings, what, all dominion, all power, and all authority under his feet, which means it's a um, symbolic uh, action that when you put your foot on someone's head, it means that they're under your authority, they are in subjection to you, and the passage actually says that, so look with me at it here. It says, he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be abolished is death. So Christ is actually even going to destroy the enemy of death. And then it says in verse 27, he has put all things in subjection under his feet. And when it says put under subjection, it is evident that he uh, is going to bring everything in subjection to himself. Now, I want to back up and I want to look real quick at... um, this concept abolish, he will abolish, it's kind of interesting, it could mean he brings in his power, and and by the extension of his power, any lesser power actually gets decimated, but that's not what the word abolish actually means, it actually means to draw power from something so it doesn't have the ability to produce, so isn't that interesting? Christ is reigning, what's he doing when he comes against any, and I'm going to go through dominion, authority and power, when he comes to any dominion, any authority and power, if they are exerting their own ability or a demonic spirit is exerting their own ability, he doesn't come with a greater power in the sense of doing a cataclysmic thing. He actually comes in and takes away the power from them so that they can't use it anymore. Now, that would make you go, so... I'm looking for a cataclysmic event, and the Bible's telling me it's actually going on behind the scenes, and it's almost imperceptible, and if you don't understand how the kingdom works, you're going to miss it most of the time and think, oh, no, evil's winning. By the way, how is Jesus actually taking the power from all dominion, all power, and all authority? Isaiah 42 gives us a glimpse of it, and it's picked up in the New Testament in in Matthew chapter 9, I believe it is, where he talks about... The Son of Man is going to come in the midst of humanity, and he will not blow out a wick, and he will not break a reed until he brings justice. So it actually means that he's going to do it in a way that's not cataclysmic. It's almost imperceptible, but he's accomplishing it. And it's going on generation after generation where he's actually ruling in the midst of his people and taking away the power from anything that opposes his kingdom so that they don't reign, he reigns. That also points us to something else I want you guys to think about. That means that he's coming in the midst of anyone's concept of doing anything that opposes uh, Christ's rule, and he's actually taken away, ready, the power for them to do it, the money for them to do it, and the influence for them to do it. Isn't that amazing? Now, I don't know if you guys realize this, but one of the, the strategies of the enemy is to pump up the idea that he's in control and he's always amplifying his evil to make people believe that God is not in control. So just to give some insight here in the scripture, it's actually telling us that Jesus is actually actively reigning right now and you can actually be at peace no matter what's going on on the planet because, are you guys ready? He's going to bring it under his lordship, all of it. You're just in time watching him do it. So, let's take the word dominion. Uh, This could actually mean realms, like kingdoms, but uh, I was looking at it before I got up. It doesn't mean just like we would say, you know, China or Mongolia or Japan. It's actually the word for leaders over a dominion. So, every leader over every dominion that they have, whatever they're doing, if they oppose Jesus's kingdom, his rule, and his lordship. He is taking power away from them so that they cannot do what they're doing. Now, I don't know if you guys uh, look at church history or ever read what's going on, but it's always fascinating to me that uh, as we even see in Psalms 2, that the, the nations rage against the Lord and His anointed, but He actively comes with His kingdom, and He is actually dealing with all these kings and kingdoms. Uh, A lot of times, because we're living in the day and age we're in, people think, yeah, but I don't know if Jesus is doing that in our day. What I find fascinating about the Old Testament is you see him doing this with nations all the time. So, if you have a, a king or a ruler of a nation that's opposing the will of the Lord or what the Lord wants to do in the body of Christ, you just ask him to go visit that king in a dream and have a conversation with him. Why would you do that? Because God does that all the time. He goes to kings and he warns them. He did this with Babylon. He did this uh, with kings uh, and other nations. In fact, the other nations knew that Israel, that God knew their secrets. OK? So the body of Christ has to understand that he's dealing with all leaders on the planet right now. He's having a conversation with them, and he's beginning to begin to take away their power. Warning them and telling them, you come under my lordship or I'm going to take away your ability to do things. The, the next term that they actually used here is they used the abolish um, all authority. This is kind of interesting. P- given a position, you guys recognize this now? When you're given a position, it does not mean you have authority. Just because someone says you are this, if people say I'm not going to listen to that, you don't have authority. So it actually means that God is saying true authority rests with his presence. So anyone that does not carry the presence of the Lord, he's going to come and make sure any false sense of authority they have, he's going to pull it from them so that people won't listen to him anymore. Do you guys see that going on in the world events at all? People making statements, you ought to do this, and you look at them and you think, I don't think I will. Why don't you pay attention to them? Because they don't have the presence and the anointing of the Lord on them, and so they're they're not ultimate authority. They're not in the will of the Lord. And then the last one here is it says power. He's going to rule, and he's going to take away all power from anyone that resists his kingdom. Now, why am I going over this? Because the words I'm going to share with you, They don't make any sense what's going forward if you don't understand the trajectory of the kingdom of God. The kingdom is in the midst of us with all these things that are going on in the nation. He has a plan to bring them under his lordship. And if you don't see that overarching view, when you hear words from the Lord, you think, well, one, how is he going to do that? Or two, why would he do that? It's because he's on a specific pursuit towards the end of human history, and he's going to bring all the nations under his lordship. It's going to happen. Um, I think I've shared with you guys before, did you guys know that every two years they predict the end of the world by some uh, either a meteor or catastrophe or the economy and all that kind of stuff? Well, one of the reasons we have to look at these things that it talks about in scripture about Jesus being a king is all those things, ready, are false words. None of this is going to end except the exact way Jesus said it was. He's going to deal with this at every level. Then he's going to turn it over to his Father. You can be assured of that. And you don't have to worry about what everyone else thinks or how they believe the scheme's going to work out. It's not going to be done until he's abolished all rule, all dominion, all authority. All right, so over the last year, here's some of the stuff the Lord's been showing me. Um, when we all went into um, voluntary prison, or what they called the lockdown, um, I was in my house kind of going, "Well, everything that I've been doing is over, so I'm going to just kind of sit in my house and try to figure out what life is now and what the kingdom's going to look like." And um, I started asking the Lord, "So you've really got to give me your perspective on what's going on." Now the Lord, in his kindness, actually had me stand before his throne and look from his perspective on the earth. And when I looked at the earth, the earth was, it was like in a desert that had no water in it, and the, and the ground was cracked. And I looked at that, and the Lord began to have a conversation with me. He said, now, this is what is going on in the world right now. They are so thirsty for a refreshing from my kingdom I've prepared the soil to make them so thirsty that they're so parched right now, they're ready for any rain that can come from my kingdom. And he says, and what I'm going to do, he showed me a river coming from his throne. He said, I'm going to bring a river over this land, and I'm going to change the nations by what I'm going to do. So he actually encouraged me that everything that we're hearing He had a plan, it was intentional that he was going to take what was turned towards evil and make people have an eternal hunger that was so deep that they're going to be willing to let the river of God refresh them. Now, I don't know if you guys sense this. I I want to point to this, this is my own personal experience, but everywhere I go in the United States, there's a greater hunger for the Lord right now. Not just in the body of Christ. There's an eternal conversation God is having with people. And I believe God is intentionally making everyone on the planet not just face the fact that men are fallen, but that they have a thirst for an eternal thing and they need it to be satisfied. So there's an intense reality of God bringing us to a state to where we're crying out for the river of God. So That's the first thing I heard. Around December of last year, uh, it was kind of funny. I don't know if you guys had this happen, but a lot of people started having a conversation with me about the elections, and everybody. Uh, so, I was surprised God didn't talk to me about it this time. Usually, He'll talk to me about it. He'll have conversations with me about it, and I kept asking Him, "Hey, I'd like to know about the elections. Everybody else is talking about it, and He wouldn't talk to me about it. And finally, in December, He said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a conversation with you about." the last election, and I went, okay, this ought to be interesting, because if you guys are like me, I already have a formed opinion of what I think God should do, <laughs> so this is what I think, and so, and here's who I voted for, and all that kind of stuff, so in December around New Year's, God started showing me, he's, and he, he came and started talking to me this way, and it sounds like the Lord because of how he presented it. When Israel was going to go into the promised land, Joshua met an angel. And he asked him, whose side are you on? Do you remember that conversation? And he said, I'm not on anybody's side. You need to be on my side. That was the conversation the Lord had with me. I could sense him as the king of the universe looking at all the stuff that's going on, not only in our country, but in other countries. And he started a conversation like this about the United States. He said... I had made a covenant with this nation. This nation is veered away from the covenant. The leaders have veered away from the covenant. I had called them to be this type of people before my throne. And then he reminded me, he said, my covenant has not been lifted off this nation, and so I'm going to cause a shaking to come into the governments throughout the land. (laughs) I was like, okay. And he said, and I'm going to shake it so hard That if you don't know it's me, you're going to actually be surprised on how intensely I'm going to shake the leaders of this nation. He said, I am trying to bring them back to the original covenant that I have made with this nation. And he says, if they will not respond to him, I will shake them out of leadership in this country. Now, I don't know what you guys do with that information, but that actually brought great joy to me. That God is going to work with bringing us back as a nation to the covenant that He had intended for our country. And He's going to, I, He didn't say one party's better than the other. He just said all of it needs to be dealt with. So God is intensely coming among the nations, uh, our nation specifically, and He is working towards, He told me there was a covenant and a promise over our nation. That has never been lifted, and I, I, guys, I have to admit, I didn't even know that. So I've been spending the last several months studying the Constitution, the framing of the Constitution, and how God is in the middle of what he wanted for this nation, and so God is going after that. So the two things that I want to release to you, and then I'm going to give some words of knowledge, is the first one is this. God gave us a word for the body of Christ and what he's doing in the nations that he is creating a people that will invite the river. And so I'm going to ask you guys to join me tonight in prayer for the river to come. Would you be willing to do that just for a moment? So would you close your Bibles and just pray with me for a moment? Lord, we stand before you right now and we rejoice over your kingship and your kingdom. I thank you that you are causing all things to be brought towards good. I thank you that you are merciful in all your ways. All the preparing of the land that you're doing right now. We come into agreement and we ask for the river to come from the throne of God to the nations. Release your river to us, Lord. For the people in this room, even their own hearts, cause them to not be satisfied with simple things in the kingdom anymore. Cause a hunger for the river of God to touch them. Just bring your power and your presence and your love towards us, Lord. And we ask that the body would be brought together for an expression of the river of God. I thank you for the cleansing, the work, and the preparation that you've been doing, Lord. We ask that you would help us get our hearts and our minds aligned to it. And we say yes to this, Lord. Let it come. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please join me in the next one. We're going to pray for our country specifically. Now, please understand, as I was sharing it, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not talking as though God is trying to judge our nation. He's trying to just... Come in the midst of it and bring us back to something. And so would you join me in praying for our country specifically? This isn't about God being against leader, different leaders. It's about God bringing us back to a covenant of righteousness as a nation. So, Lord, we just stand before you. And our heart is to align with what you're doing. So we ask that if you want to shake our nation, shake our leadership, so that we will become what you have intended, we welcome it. We ask that your kingdom, your power and your authority would come into the leaders of our nation and your lordship would grip them and that they would turn towards you, Lord. I thank you for your goodness, and, and for all the leaders, it doesn't matter what side anybody sees themselves on, if they do not know you, I ask that you'd send people to preach the gospel to them. And I thank you for your covenant over our country right now, and I bless it. I thank you for your goodness, and we just want to glorify your name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we're going to transition now. If you have these conditions, please just stand up. The Lord would like to minister to you. If you have pain in your hands, right hand specifically, but pain in your hands, would you stand? The Lord would like to minister to you. He was showing me someone had some kind of issue with their tongue. I kept asking him what it was. But if you have some kind of issue going on with your tongue, pain, or something like that, would you stand? The Lord would like to minister to you. Also, you're showing me someone has, like, this pain in their sternum right here. Uh, I kept asking if it was a rib, and he said, no, it's kind of like an inflammation on their sternum. So if you have pain in your sternum, please stand. Then he was showing me the middle of someone's back. So... Uh, you you have the top where your neck's at, you go to the middle of your back, there's this muscle called the trapezius muscle, it comes right to the middle of your back. He was showing me that several people had pain in the middle of their back. It wasn't just a muscle pain, it also had to do with pain in their spine. So if you have a muscle pain or pain in your spine in the middle of your back, please stand, the Lord would like to minister to you. So for these people, would you please just put your hands out and receive from the Lord. And, um, If they're comfortable with it, could a couple people come and just lay their hands on them real quick? And we're just going to ask the Lord to release healing over them, okay? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come in your power and your presence right now. Just bring your power, Lord. Bring your healing presence. Lord, I ask that a quickening from your presence would be released over their mortal bodies right now. I break the power of infirmity, I break the power of pain, and I ask that a restoration would start flowing into them right now. Restore them, Lord. Let your covenant of restoration flow into them right now in the name of Jesus. Any Anything that's been spoken against this part of their body not being restored, I break the power of that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I ask that you would move in more power over them right now and bring wholeness. I command inflammation and pain to leave. I ask that, Lord, your hand would just bless them, strengthen them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. All right. Um, I had a gentleman's name, Rodney. Is there a Rodney? here this evening. so and, and so we'll just do it this way. I, I think it was specifically but Rodney um, or someone related to a gentleman named Rodney because he gave me Rodney he has a, he has a wife and two kids. does anyone know anybody named Rodney that has a wife and two kids? All right I'm going to release the word. So, Father, for Rodney, this whole thing about just um, his finances and that you want to come into this area of his life and where he's feeling lack and wondering where you're at, I ask that you'd break that yoke, that you would restore back to him favor, and I command a blessing upon his family and his kids in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Is there a Cheryl here? isn't this fun to do this? Yeah. So related to a woman named Cheryl. I actually had, I think I got her, ba- her last name, but it was kinda when God said it to me, I'm like, that doesn't sound. So Cheryl, Cheryl, Backerfield. Cheryl Backerfield, has anyone heard of someone named that? Okay, uh, guys, I'm sorry I'm gonna release these because I keep getting caught. People are hearing this stuff online. So Cheryl, if this is you, Felt like the Lord was showing me that there was a healing grace over your life and that he's going to release his power and his presence over you to restore people. And so we just bless that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. I'm going to keep going for it because I'm, I'm doing so good. Let's just keep going for it. Um, is there a Jeremy here this evening? I'm sorry? That's your son? Okay. Well, so I'm going to just assume it's for him. So, are you ready? I'm sorry? Oh, okay. Well, let's just pray for him and see if it's for him, okay? So, Holy Spirit, go to Jeremy right now. I thank you that uh, your favor is going to release something over his life, the arena of dreams. He's going to be raised up in a leadership gifting. I just bless that. Uh, he, the Lord is actually fashioning in his heart to have the spirit of counsel rest on him, And he's actually going to be, uh, the Lord is going to use him to become a friend to people and then draw out of them issues in their life. Um, And so I just bless that over his life right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Is there a coal? I, I thought that was weird. Coal. So isn't this fun for you to watch me do this? I actually enjoy this. I don't know if you guys do, but I'm going to assume... God didn't, I'm going to assume, either I missed it or the Lord gave it to me, but I'm going to pray into it. So Holy Spirit, yeah, come to Cole right now. Let's bring your power and your presence over him. All right, so in the arena of sleep, I just break the power of nightmares that he's been experiencing. I command that to lift off him. I ask that you would restore his dream life and that you would visit him, Lord. Reveal yourself to him and bless him. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, um, ma'am, what's your name? Yes. Carrie, would you stand, please? Just kind of, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Just kind of put your hands out like it's Christmas. Holy Spirit, bring your power and your presence. Thank you, Lord. thank you. So, there's a healing grace resting on you, and it's not just about Jesus wanting to heal you. It's about you being called into healing people, and God's actually going to lift you up. It's kind of interesting. You're in a pattern right now where you're being trained by the Lord, and God's going to lift you up, and you're going to be able to restore people's souls and see their bodies restored also. You have a lot of creativity inside of you. God has made you to be a person that has the God, as a creator, reveals stuff to you. This ability you have to be creative, God is going to use you. And I saw him take you out into the streets with your creativity, and you're going to be brought into places where people are restored because they're going to come into the creativity that God has given you. The anointing is going to be on it, and then it's going to give you an opportunity to lead them into having encounters with Jesus where they get restored. Does that make any sense to you? No. (laughs) No. Okay, so let's pray for that. So, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come right now. Release your power and your presence. I thank you for this area of creativity that you're going to release at. And I just take her into the streets, Lord. Release this healing grace over her. And I just command the blessing of the Lord upon her right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, one more. Would you stand, please? Just kind of put your hands out like it's, thank you. Holy Spirit, bring your power and your presence. Thank you. So the Lord wants to increase your vision of what he's created you to do. You you have a teaching grace on your life, and you think you're only going to go so far in the Lord, and the Lord's wanting me to encourage you. He's going to do more than you're asking, more than you're imagining. Um, You have a desire to equip people. The Lord's going to also use that. And what's going to happen is favor is going to start coming to you and God's going to open doors that he's promised to you. And what's going to happen is, is this thing you've been doing with writing, he's going to put his hands on it and you're going to actually start developing stuff for people so that they get equipped in the knowledge of the Lord. Uh, the Lord has really been speaking to you about gaining knowledge of Him and who He is. And so you're going to just have this download that's going to come from the Lord. It's going to actually shock you of the goodness of the Lord. And it's part of an inheritance that God has created you to experience. So can I pray for that to be released? Holy Spirit, come right now. Let your goodness and your grace come over your daughter. All these good things you've intended for, we ask that... You would just align her with all of that, and I command the blessing of the Lord upon this in her life. Open doors that no man can shut. We come into agreement with you on this, Lord. Open doors that no man can shut, and release your grace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you. All right, I'm going to turn it over to this wonderful man right here, but let me pray a blessing, or this man right here, let me pray a blessing. Father, I just thank you for this evening. I ask that you would draw near to each person as they go home. I'm going to pray the blessing I pray over my children and my wife, over all of you. When they go home, fill them with your spirit. Give them dreams and visions. Release your voice over them. Let them know their destiny and let them walk in it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.
1: Thank you, Brian. That was great. I really enjoyed hearing from the First Corinthians 15, that t- verse 24, teaching about the the position that Jesus is in as he's reigning. Um, we've got a great intercessor who's been with The Rock for a long time, Jean Stephenson, and she'll ask, or she'll remind us a lot of the times in the... Uh, teaching team or sometimes sometimes she comes in and prays with our staff and she reminds us she says uh, you got to remember who's reigning and you got to you got to remind people who's reigning and so that's such a great reminder that that Jesus isn't just reigning in my life but he is reigning over principalities and powers and he has authority and so coming into alignment with that and helping to see that kingdom advanced that's such a great great word um, those other words were good, too. We want to spend some time praying into those um, about that God would do a, a shaking and that God would release a river. Um, there's a beautiful passage in Isaiah where it talks about a river that comes out and healing leaves for the nations and and a lot of really beautiful prophecy around that idea of a, of a river flowing. Uh, I think one of the things we want to pray specifically is is... Along, along with what Brian was saying, we want to pray that for the nation, that in, these, in this dry season that people would be hungry and thirsty for a move of God, for a word of God, for a touch from him, for a refreshing from him. But I think we also want to pray that on a micro level. We want to pray that in our hearts, that we would position ourselves to receive from the Lord from that river, that we would receive his refreshing, that we would receive his outpouring, that we would receive everything that comes with that, Uh, and then even for the shaking, that where there's areas in our lives where we haven't come into agreement with the covenant or the promise of God, Um, things that we've given too much attention to or things that we've set up for our own security and that we're finding identity in, those things should be Jesus and they should be God. And as we set up these other things the Lord might say, hey, it's, it's time for a shaking because you are, you are out of the covenant with me. I was supposed to be your first love. I was supposed to be your number one priority. And as I've become number two or three or four or five, we're gonna have a shaking now because, I, because he loves us so much. And so it's, a, it's always a shaking out of love to bring us back to the place he's called us to be. So just some different ways to think about that as we, as we break up and as we pray for those things. Yes, we wanna pray for the nation and for the state and for our region, and for our congregation, and for our, our own hearts, and for our own lives. So, um, is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah.
2: When you said that about… It's, so, it's Ezekiel 47, not Isaiah, but, <laughs> but, I, but I think it's right on. I just, I felt like as we, as we do pray. So, what was cool, Brian was praying over the nation. I don't know if you guys know, but tomorrow is uh, National Day of Prayer, and uh, so be praying tomorrow, be praying for our nation, but uh, we're, you know, we're asking for revival, we want to see God move in this area, and it really, like, we got to take it all the way down to just us, Um, because there has to be a change in our hearts, every one of us, if we go, well, God, we just want to see revival in this nation, well, we need tender hearts, we need that, uh, that, those, those Kind of the wineskin to actually receive when God pours out new wine, that we have the wineskins that are prepared and ready to take whatever He has for us in the season. And I, I feel like I, I spoke into it actually a little bit on the, or read or wrote into it on the email that I sent out. But there's, we've got to be aware that God is always doing new things. The Holy Spirit's always doing new things. And, uh, and don't allow offenses uh, to come in. Jesus is the rock of offense. <laughs> if, you, if you are not attuned to the Spirit, if you're not in alignment with the Spirit, a lot of times you can actually get offended by the Spirit because the Spirit's moving. And, and, and if we're not moving with Him, uh, we're, we're probably moving against Him. Um, so I, I feel like as we close, we've got another 15, 20 minutes here. Um, I want to encourage you, let's, let's get into groups and, uh, and just begin to pray. Just begin to ask the Lord uh, to, for your heart. And, and I, I think, too, Ezekiel, I was feeling Ezekiel 37 and 47. 37 is about the dry bones. So you can, if you guys have your Bibles, you can even just open your Bibles and pray into some of this. But it, there are a lot of dry bones. <laughs> and ultimately, uh, the dry bones are no longer dry bones when, when God's spirit comes in them. It says when his spirit is put in them, then they will live. And so um, we need it first of all in us, and then we need to release it to others. And then Isaiah or Ezekiel—you got me gone, on Isaiah now. <laughs> Ezekiel forty-seven is this where where the waters from the temple they start, and they start at, at ankle deep. They start at the very, and then as they as they go out from the temple, it gets deeper and it gets deeper and deeper until it gets so deep that it says that no man can cross. And uh, and I believe this is the place that the Lord is calling us into. He's calling us into deep. It's deep calls to deep. There's a, there's a, he's calling us beyond the, the, the places where we can actually control what we do. When you're, when you're in ankle-deep water or when you're in knee-deep water and even the waist-deep water, you can still kind of control less and less and less, right? The deeper it is, the harder it is because you're kind of fighting against the river uh, and you're kind of moving more with the river. But when it gets deep enough, when it gets beyond that place, then you can't your feet don't even touch the ground and it's that place that actually the Holy Spirit wants to take us in this season where our trust is so in him and he is moving us that there's nothing that's there's nothing that can hinder that uh, and that's the deep waters. so I think as we pray into that too, so we'll pray. We can pray into the, well, we kind of did pray into the national things. Um, So I think just taking it down even to the, just to to your level of of how we need to, one, we're going to prophesy over the dry bones. What does that mean? We're just going to hear the Father's voice, and we're going to speak His love. We're going to speak His truths over others. And, and we're going to breathe life into Him. We're going to breathe life because we have life in us, because we have the Holy Spirit in us. We can release that. And then getting into that deeper place of, of allowing the Holy Spirit to truly have control in this season, that He can lead us and He can guide us. And this is the life we're intended to live. This is life. Outside the Holy Spirit, there is no life. So, look around. Get Oh. <laughs> we're getting the waving um, we want to yeah, do a uh, give, did we not do that? I guess we didn't did we? I, I, did the, I, I talked about it and we didn't have the buckets. oh <laughs> um, why don't we do this can we just put let's just put a few buckets up here we've got the two buckets in the back so we'll just we'll just bless Brian again, we'll pray this is double blessing, you get <laughs> two offerings and uh and would you guys if, if, if the Lord just puts it on your heart, would you just bless uh, Brian this evening, so everything that goes into the buckets pull the just pull those two um, things out of the buckets because it 's not tithes and offerings If it is tithes and offerings, just put it in the uh, in the boxes, but everything that goes into the buckets is going to go to bless uh, Brian tonight and uh, just the ministry that he has and we just we love Brian, he sews into this place and uh, He's just in a, uh, we love having him here. So, Father, we just thank you again. We just thank you for Brian. We thank you for the the ministry for plumb Line, Lord, that it is. He's setting a plumb line. Lord, I thank you for the work that you're doing in and through Brian. I just pray for your strength for him in this season. Lord, I thank you for your financial blessings for him in this season. Lord. And even as we just sow into this, Lord, I thank you that there is great fruit. Uh, that is going to be just released from this. And so, Father, use everything that is is received, Lord, for your kingdom. May it be a blessing to Brian and to the things that you're showing him and you're leading him into in this season. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.